Hello and welcome to the Backhanders. Here we bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. We cover each and every tennis slam and are unafraid to slam tennis. And with me, the king of clay sculptures, the grace of grass cuttings and the duke of dirty jokes, Catters. And welcome to you, my friend. Lightning, so good to be with you. I am feeling very Australian. I have jumped off the sinking Viking ship of Danish football and managed to be scooped up by a cruise ship just off the coast. And uh, that was riddled with the Rona, so to speak. So I had to then dive off of that. So I then, with the aid of a volleyball find my way to another raft and if this sounds familiar it's probably because reality and fantasy are blurred lightning i don't know what's going on i'm seeing tom cruise when i'm trying to watch sport i don't know what's up i don't know what's down but i know i'm proud to be australian ash Barty number one usa number zero yeah <laughs> and for those english listening at home you must be lower than the aforementioned us on zero uh, having just lost the euro but Catters on the tennis court in an incredible feat. You and I have just witnessed a player once again take out Wimbledon, adding to the Australian Open and the French Open. He's already claimed this year, putting himself in a position to achieve what no man has achieved before, the Golden Slam, which of course is all four slams, plus a gold medal. And that man, one of the great characters, a man supremely loved on this, the tennis circuit. That is, of course... Dylan Olcott, the Australian quad wheelchair <laughs> champion. So just a remarkable and unbelievable achievement that has just sent the sporting world into absolute raptures. So you and I are stoked, Catters, on cloud nine. Congratulations, Dylan. We couldn't be happier for the bloke. So just an outstanding achievement. And just looking through some of the other results, uh, Novak Djokovic snuck through and pinched a relatively lucky win, I'd say, to register <laughs> his 20th slam, which, of course, is a, I could say it's a reasonable effort, remembering that that merely draws him level with two other guys who are already there, who having already achieved it. So, Kat, is, I mean, what, what do you make of Novak Djokovic? I make light, but credit where credit is due. Uh, Kat, is, I'm going to need you to pay me back for those backhanders props you purchased uh, with my credit card. <laughs> But in terms of the tennis, Novak Djokovic, 20 Grand Slams cutters. What do you make of this absurd achievement? It is incredible, Lightning. It's answering the question that I've had in my own head for many years, which is how many Grand Slams must this guy win to win the hearts and minds of the general public? Mm. And the answer is more than 20, Lightning. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so... Whether I'm projecting my own childhood here, Lightning, but it'll never be enough, Novak. It will never be enough. And I just feel that this was a foregone conclusion. Neither of us tipped him going into the tournament. That's no. just because we don't like the guy, let's face it. But for our own bias aside, Lightning, it's yeah. just not a good look for tennis. You know, mm. tennis has produced some utter heroes throughout the generations, and none of them have had a Lego man haircut and strutted around doing the splits like the proverbial Gumby on, on the baseline. 
And whilst Proverbial Gumby is a great name for the feature-length film based upon his story from rags to riches in the future, there's not a lot to go on with this guy. So I'd given Berrettini a chance. I like pizzas. I like pasta. There was a lot going for him. Yet, unfortunately, Djokovic looks like he's probably only halfway to his grand total because I think that guy is not going to stop. And people switch off lightning. I mean, think of the tennis fans, the grassroots tennis fans who go to a match and want to cheer for someone who's likable. They get their vaccine. They believe in (laughs) modern science. They've even been deceived into believing there's curvature to the earth. These people need someone they can relate to. It's true, Katazan. I'm surprised to hear you think Novak's unlikable. But Lightning, that's the problem. He thrives on opposition. He looks to get pissed off at everyone everywhere. I mean, he must be a charming man to be married to because any sign of support, I think that lovely old lady, Ethel, that had the canvas of him topless, he actually managed to get his people to bound and gag her up until when he'd secured the trophy, such as the aggressive nature of this man. So really, the only kryptonite I'm seeing for Novak is for and heaven forbid this happens, Lightning, because it is a last resort, for the general population to embrace Novak and to support him because I just get the feeling that if he found the love he's been looking for (laughs) from his parents since the age of five, he would actually start to crumble and he would lose that killer instinct that he's developed over the years. So you're advocating for all backhanders listeners, for all tennis fans to... Get rid of this monotony to rid ourselves of just this cakewalk of slam after slam after slam to start barracking for Novak Djokovic. Yes, I am. And I understand it will come with its own set of consequences. You probably will lose your friendship groups. Family will disown you. But if that's what's required to kneecap this man... Which could also backfire because before we know it, he's in the quad final against Dylan Alcott. (laughs) But that's a risk I'm willing to take. I wouldn't put it past this bloke to just give it a crack. To go, well, I've taken 20 slams in this field. You know what? I'm just going to slice a couple of legs off and then give give the quads a crack. And Kat, as you mentioned earlier, you are proud to be an Australian as the nation is as one at this time because Bash Arty has conquered the world. She has conquered an acute hip injury. She has conquered the number eight seed, Carolina Pliskova, and the battering her reputation took after she did Vegemite commercials to win Wimbledon and take home the chocolates. Unbelievable feet cutters. She's become the second Australian woman to win Wimbledon in 41 years. And of course, she did so exactly 50 years after her mentor, Yvonne Goolagong Corley, did it. So cutters, Ash Barty, what do you make of her achievement this year? Just incredible lightning. I mean, I cannot communicate clearly enough to our listeners from outside of Australia what a feat it is for an Australian with female genitalia to swing a racket that can connect with ball is a wondrous thing because we grew up in a simpler time. We weren't maybe as open-minded back then, Lightning. We weren't as woke. But our view of Australian women was unco uncoordinated as they come maybe okay with a hockey stick if you're lucky but tennis racket heaven forbid 
And actually, having seen an interview overnight, we could have lost her to Hockey Lightning because I do note that when she was five years old, she said to her dad, I don't want to play netball anymore. I want to play a sport where I can hit something with a stick. So that was a defining moment in Australian sports history. That fork in the road, the fact that she could have gone to play hockey for Australia, she could have ended up as a professional piñata striker (laughs) at children's parties all across the East Coast. Her life could have been very different and probably much more fulfilling, if you ask me. But also, the fact that she can carry the hopes of Australia and the history on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like I said, for 30 years, we had no one who could swing a racket. Mm -hmm. And she comes in, she then says, I'm going to go even further back to a previous woman who could hit ball with racket. And that is Yvonne Goolagong-Cawley. And I'm Mm -hmm. going to wear a dress that looks like her. No, is that enough? Is that enough? No, no, that's not even enough. I'm going to go back to the first winner in the modern era from Australia in the women's Margaret Court, and I'm going to take on her political views for these two weeks, tweeting out at LGBTQ minority groups, anyone she could get her grubby internet troll hands on. It was a beautiful nod to the past. And as a tribute to Margaret Court, she played on one and then crossed lines that she shouldn't have as well. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Cutters, time to get excited. We have just seen a Grand Slam, a stunning week of tennis crowned with Ash Barty taking out the title, but there must be a raft of things that have also got you excited from this year's Open. Cutters, what have they been? Well, Lightning, I am just pumped about the fact that Novak has reached the 20 because could you have ever imagined in your wildest dreams that there would be 20 for Novak, 20 for Federer, 20 for Rafa? Mm. Probably not because you're quite narrow-minded when it comes to these things and improvisation, imagination is not your strong point and I know we're working on that behind the scenes to make a better product for you listeners out there. But (laughs) the fact that all three could be on 20 throws up a myriad of exciting possibilities. I'm going to throw a couple at you, Lightning. Okay. The first is, perhaps a little bit underwhelming for the fans, all three retire as of tomorrow. The fact that they just, it's a ceasefire. Lay down your rackets and walk away knowing that you were equally the greatest, all three of you. And I think it's just a beautiful end to this era and the fact that Novak who's been longing for the recognition of his peers can finally join this illustrious club Mm. the goat club it just makes sense it's (laughs) they'll have this secret handshake lightning where they just walk around and in public they just stroke the end of their chin it's just a beautiful (laughs) thing there's a lot of marketing opportunities lightning that you know obviously the merchandising i took the initiative to come up with a catchy merger name of theirs, which is Refedjok, uh, <laughs> which also happens to be my favorite Hungarian stew from Budapest. So, <laughs> Lightning, that's one option. The second is, okay, 
surprise, surprise, these three guys don't want to call a ceasefire. They want to go all in. They want to up the ante. Mm. You know I'm a gambling man, Lightning. I love a flutter. I love a punt, as indicated by the credit owing that you mentioned in the intro (laughs) segment. (laughs) And so I'm chips in, Lightning, on this concept. I recommend when we get to the US Open, all players have to rock up with their 20 Grand Slam trophies, push them into the middle of the table, and the winner takes it all. So two men will walk away with nothing, and one will walk away with 60 Grand Slam titles to his name. Uh, Of course, there'll be some logistics around having to transfer money for retrospective title prize monies and so forth, but you completely bankrupt the other two and destroy their lives, which I think is brilliant. I think we could definitely throw the children into the kitty if they want to up the stakes even a little bit more. So just a brilliant concept. I mean, imagine the television viewership of such tournament. Let's face it, Lightning, for a long time, all the other players in the drawer are just window dressing. So let's just have the world's quickest fixture draw, three names in a hat. They all play each other. Boom. Decide it once and for all. Bang. Oh, it would be a hilarious kind of irony, though, if everyone competed. There's 60 grand slams on offer and Zvarev just came and scooped the pool and left them all. <laughs> But honestly, Lightning, the Goat Slam, it would be the best. And I think that's why Tom Cruise showed up to the final the last couple of days. He could sniff it out. He thought there was a Goat Slam on the cards, and he was royally (laughs) disappointed to be saddled with one Grand Slam victor. I mean, it seems hardly worth it, does it? Exactly. I'm sure he was there looking for a few good men uh, (laughs) rather than just the one. (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't understand, Cutters. It's an old movie reference. Uh, apologies. I'll fill you in later. I can just imagine Cruz rocking up to the goat slam saying, and people think Scientology is batshit crazy. <laughs> oh, I just love the idea of whoever wins just being able to treat their Wimbledon silverware like plates at a Greek wedding and can just turf them around the courts. And, oh. And lightning, the reality is that we've all been hoodwinked. We've been fooled anyways, because 20 is not even the record Mm. that should be looked at. It's Mm. Margaret Court on 24. It's Serena Williams on 23. It's Steffi Graf on 22. Yeah, yeah. These blokes have been kind of playing thumb wars between the three of them, trying to puff out their chest, whereas really there's three women ahead of all three of them whilst they're trying to debate about greatest of all time status. So don't be surprised, Cat, as if they change their tune and start taken after Margaret Court and others. I think Novak's been doing that for some time. He's trying to (laughs) take on political views as backwards as Margaret Court so that he could have an argument to claim he was the greatest of all time. So I think it's going to get ugly, Catters. So Lightning, what are you excited about? Catters, I am pumped at the hoity-toity, stiff-collar Wimbledon who for too long have just enslaved players creativity with their finicky rules around colors and tones and of course their all white policy that just you're literally watching you don't know who's who there's no diversity in the game there's no life and color of course and i've loved this year cutters the players that are finding the subtle subversive ways to push back against this tirade of tradition that is Wimbledon. One of the ways players have done that this year, Cutters, 
is through the art of the tattoo. Mm. Of course, they can mandate the size and tone and stitch length and everything else they do around clothing, but they can't say squat about what you paint on your skin. So we've seen Sabalenka with a tiger. We've seen Pliskova with kind of Maori markings. We've seen Berrettini, Svitolina, Dan Evans, all these players all with war paint, with a giant two-finger salute. So don't be surprised if you start seeing players with a two-finger salute tattooed onto their arm saying F you Wimbledon <laughs> and Wimbledon unable to do a thing about it. Cutters, for me, it's been a real highlight this year. Well, I'm glad you like it, Lightning, because I am personally disgusted by it. I am a traditionalist, oh, as you know. I stand for the values of the All England Club, Lightning, and I think it's a disgrace. In the olden days, you had a tattoo like that, you were forced to get a skin graft. I mean... <laughs> That, that was the commitment that was required to clean up for the Wimbledon Open Lightning. And, you know, that's why Steffi Graf, she actually had a full sleeve and she was renamed Steffi Graf for that very matter, where they took skin from one of her family members and just covered up what was an obscene tattoo that I do actually think in Latin said, screw you, Wimbledon. So she was before her time, Lightning. But Well, Cadiz, you got to remember they changed her name to Steffi Graf before that, her name was Graffiti, and Wimbledon, of course, stepped in. That was when she represented Italy, but they... <laughs> Steffi Graffiti! Oh, no, no. <laughs> but Lightning, it was a young Dr. Fritz at that time, but he still had the skills and wherewithal about him at age 12 to perform a miracle act in the warm-up. <laughs> Oh, that he did. But Catter's tattoos is not all that I'm impressed about because there's other ways players have been pushing back. I was amazed watching the final to see Ash Barty, not with the small, subtle, single logo on the top, but actually three giant brands across her chest. I found myself wanting to dub her Billboard Barty for me. She had the Jaguar, the filler, the UKG branded across her chest to the world. Another great way, Cutters, that these players are just doing their two-finger salute to Wimbledon. And I know you're not a fan, but I was loving life. It's an absolute grab for cash lightning, and I can't blame her for that. You know, she's got center stage. It's about making the sponsors happy. But mm. I can't help but think that she was going a little far when she was actually being sponsored for certain moments in the match itself. I saw in the press conference afterwards, Lightning, that she said that the second set was brought to you by Kit Kat. Have a concentration break. <laughs> Have a Kit Kat. I'll agree, Cutters, that her walking out with a sandwich board for the second <laughs> set did strike me that the sponsors were having a little bit too much sway in the matter. Yeah, I mean, even just thanking her box and saying afterwards that Sam Stoza was really vocal in the crowd. Samsung. Samsung. <laughs> Samsung. <laughs> we get it, Ash. I'll give you the racket and we'll no, see, how many no. times, see how many times you can return yourself also. Okay, you're, you're a professional tennis player. I'm not. Okay. Cut is fed up and poo down, of course. After a whole two weeks of tennis, we often get a chance to put a spotlight on the future feds, the future Novaks, the future Rafael Nadal to see who else can toss some slams into the giant pile of winner-takes-all in the upcoming GOAT slam. And we like to see, of course, who is pooing down, who is not delivering on said potential cutters for you. 
this year. Who was your fed up? Who was your poo down? Well, Lightning, for my fed up, as you know, I've always been a big fan of Carolina Pliskova mm. in her own underachieving way. I just think <laughs> she really tries. But one thing I didn't expect to see when I tuned in on the weekend, and that was that she has married a pantomime villain <laughs> from the 1920s, <laughs> straight off of West End. It was fantastic to see this swashbuckling Three Musketeers reject show up in his cape and top hat and just twist his mustache every time the camera panned to him as he supported his wife on the biggest stage. And I thought, what a brilliant fan she had in her corner, Lightning. I don't know if you saw him. I did. I did. Thought Freddie Mercury might have made a uh, some sort of resurrection appearance in the box. But he was just a strong presence lightning. And of course, it was unexpected that he would actually refurbish the box to a Bond villain's lair, <laughs> complete with a pool with sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. <laughs> I didn't realize Senecourt had the space for that sort of facility, but he made the most of his moment in the sun. I'll give him that. <laughs> He did, and his transitioning between all his characters was particularly impressive when he then pulled out his 40-ton uh, strongman barbell. <laughs> so, Lightning, my poo down is quite the contrast to okay. the swashbuckling Pliskova husband, and that is Bash Arty's boyfriend, oh. who, quite frankly, could not have looked more nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... At this level of professional sport, you need every advantage you can get. And Pliskova's brought in the big guns. She's teleported a guy from the 1920s. And you've got Bash Arty bringing a guy who honestly looks like he's just rocked up from a day at Bathurst. Flip-flops on, bing-tang singlet, not making much of an effort to dress for the occasion. But that's one thing. The second part is the attitude, the energy he's giving mm. Ash oh. as she's trying to fulfill her childhood dream. And Gary from <laughs> Queensland shows up and he's just like, wow, I can get some free frothies. He's like, this is brilliant. You got a bigger glass for this? <laughs> That was until he found out he actually had to watch the games of tennis, Catters, because he had no clue what was going on. Well, it's appropriate that Gary's job is as a grass curator on a golf course, because I do believe he would have rather watched the grass grow than his girlfriend <laughs> claim a monumental victory. And to that I say, Gaz, I feel you, buddy, but you got to at least feign some interest, right? <laughs> I mean, him turning to the physio at one point and saying, this doesn't go into third week, does it? Does it? What's the story? It was a great pickup, Cutters. I mean, he literally would not even put the left hand to the right hand in a clapping <laughs> pattern at significant moments in the match. It was just extraordinary. I was looking at him going, this bloke's totally underpacked. He's forgot to pack his bloody emotions. This guy, as the... <laughs> 
partner of the world number one Grand Slam champion just didn't bring it. It was unbelievable. There's a minimal point that he could have taken on, which is just to look steely. You get a lot of the partners that are nervous and they don't make any expression. But instead, he goes into full, I'm on the couch for the (laughs) afternoon session of the fourth day of the Ashes test and I am not moving for anyone. So Gaza, I'm a big fan of yours, but honestly, I'm worried about what is going to get you excited. If sitting on a center court with 15,000 fans that are cheering on your girlfriend who is winning her maiden Wimbledon Grand Slam singles title doesn't get you up off of your seat and feigning interest in what's taking place on the grass, which is your primary love in life, yet you can't even raise an eyebrow as you sink your 17th tinny. I think they're already teeing up Dr. Fritz to do the heart transplant just to see if they can get something out of that sucker. They sent Dr. Fritz up there with a defibrillator, (laughs) completely involuntary, just chipping away. (laughs) Three, two, one, cheer. Gaz has just gone, no, no, I said beer, mate. I know I don't got one of those fancy accents, but just bring me another one, all right? He would not be stopped. He could not be started. <laughs> Lightning, please do share with me your fed up and your poo down. Mm. Terrific question, Catters. Mine for this year's Wimbledon is 20-year-old American Seb Corder. This was his first Wimbledon appearance, and yet he made it through to the fourth round before losing to Hachinov in five sets. And he took out two seeds en route to the fourth round. An incredible effort. So this bloke... He's actually the eighth men's player since 2001 to advance to the fourth round at both the French and Wimbledon before his 21st birthday. He joins Tsitsipas, the Joker, Rafa, Fed, Hewitt, a list of decent names cutters. This bloke Mm. is coming. So mark our words, cutters. Seb Corder, you heard it here. Probably not first, but you heard it here. So remember that. But cutters, it's not so much this bloke's potential that I'm lauding. There's a point of interest here, Catters, that concerns me. Seb Corder is the son of Peter Corder and also former top 30 women's player Regina something or other. And both (laughs) of those two came together to breed, to breed sports people. Both Seb Corder's sisters play on the LPGA tour, carving that up. And now Younger brother, Seb Corder, is doing the same on the tennis court. So, for me, Cutters, great that he's got all the potential. Great that he's coming. But, Cutters, for me, this is an unfair breeding program. Mm. I mean, we've been for too long looking at Russian betting agencies, but not at former Czech tennis players' mating patterns. And that has been a gross (laughs) mismanagement in the sport of tennis. So, I mean, Agassi... And Steffi Graf got together and we've kept a sharp eye. Nick Boliteri, he has signed up their children from day one. We know about that breeding program. That's okay. But Cutters, does this not open the Pandora's box of breeding techniques for future tennis champions? I mean, Curios and Venus, someone kept an eye on them after their fairly raucous round one victory earlier in this Wimbledon. Did... Someone check that they didn't end up in one of Novak's sweaty, grindy parties mm. after their 
round one, could they be breeding the next dynamic player? So for me, Cutters, it's worth keeping an eye on because the Curios-Venus combo could either create one of the most dynamic players to ever play the game or the most confused child ever. So (laughs) someone who doesn't know when to commit or when to quit. And that's going to be an issue for that player. But they're going to be loaded with potential. So for me, Cutters, Seb Quarter, yes. Breeding programs, no. Mm. Your thoughts? Well, I've just always been very mindful of this lightning. And it's probably since that drunken romantic night that Margaret Court had with Speedy Gonzalez, obviously (laughs) producing Poncho, that led to a lot of criticism (laughs) in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and Catters, my poo down is Ubert Herkatch, as I like to call him, the Furcats. And Catters, <laughs> this is a Polish superstar emerging. However, Catters, this man will be known forever as the man who took out Roger Federer, possibly in his last ever Wimbledon, and didn't just take out the great Fed Catters, he dished him out a bagel. <sighs> he dished out Fed's first ever. Wimbledon bagel sending the champ packing. And of course, you know, the sky's the limit. Hercats is coming. Here comes the great fur cat and then plays against Berrettini and he himself gets bageled. Cutters, that for me is why I've pooed down the bloke to have all the potential in the world to take out someone with a bagel and then cop a bagel in your quarterfinal for me to just not be able to deliver it was terrible. Catters, it made me look back through the man's history. This guy, he won a tournament in Miami earlier in the year. So it's been anticipated that he'd be coming. He won the tournament, gets to a press conference. Catters, you would think if a man's won the tournament, you put yourself in the shoes, Catters. You'd be armed with questions. I want to learn more about this bloke. I want to hear what he's got to say. He enters the press conference to stun silence. <laughs> He sat through a press conference with both English and Polish commentators and no one asked him a question. (laughs) Unbelievable. So sits through it. And then after moments, quite a lot of moments of silence, he then says something to the tune of, well, this has got to be a first, uh, a press conference with no questions. (laughs) So, Gattas, we often talk about Reading the room, and I think even someone with a three-year-old reading level will have read that room to just know that you are yet to inspire the future tennis fans. Catters, Hubert, her catch. Lightning, you make jest of Hubert's plight, but I think it's important to note that it poses great challenges for the UTS marketing team, who up till now, their best bid for a nickname for him has been insert player name here, which is not that catchy. (laughs) Slightly better than their initial pitch of just a question mark. Are you ready for a tennis player? (laughs) For me personally, how I deal with it was that I know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. But each person deals with it differently. Cutters, time to wrap up this year's All England Club and Cutters. It was a great year this year. Ash Barty, Novak Djokovic, but keen to look back and check on our predictions and see how we fared. How did you go this year, my friend? 
not good lightning. I'm not going to try and paint a rosy picture. It's been pretty slim pickings for me. I went with Daniil Medvedev. Who would have thought he would be unpredictable, volatile, <laughs> and less than talented on grass? So he got bungled out. Uh, Iga Svantec was my other tip, and she was looking really ah, good yes. until she hit a wall that is Jabir the hit and that was game over so for my dark horses Rublev the man child yes. obviously got homesick and left early and Jennifer Brady who didn't show up in the first place so it's been an interesting time for me but I must give myself some credit as I'm prone to do for <laughs> predicting on our last podcast that the young British girl, Arjuna Ranatunga, would eventually bow out prematurely. And she did. So <laughs> she might have won the 1995 One Day International World Cup for Sri Lanka. But lazy running between wickets will catch up to you. And hence, she didn't do much in the second week, Lightning. No, no she didn't. And of course, your uh, overarching prediction of... False British hopes proved to be all too telling. And of course, the Euros as well. Cutters quickly move on for all our English fans and listeners. Me, myself and I, Cutters, predicted Fed to win in what was certainly wishful thinking to see him get most of the way through the tournament and allow the French just start looking at other tournaments. I'm assuming that's what happened. <laughs> Week two is just not a place he wants to be. There's other places, there's other tournaments. So he bowed out, and of course, Serena Williams didn't make the cut of round two cutters. So both of us seem to look past a bloke called Novak Djokovic, who in a depleted field cantered to his 20th slam, his 85th career title, which includes 36 Masters, Cutters, the guy pretty much has the GOAT title wrapped up. He, of course, has occupied world number one for the record amount of weeks. He has a better win-loss record over both Fed and Nadal. And, of course, he even hosted a topless dance party mid-pandemic in order to contract COVID, <laughs> defeat COVID, and therefore add that to his CV over Fed and Nadal. So, Cutters, we've witnessed history here. And, of course, he took out... Berrettini, the poor bloke who, a quick little shout out, became the first Italian in 45 years to make it through to the final. Of course, the first since Super Mario made it all the way through to the end before being torched in a fiery furnace by Bowser, which uh, was fairly reminiscent of his experience here at Wimbledon. But the man Berrettini, known as Little Hats, uh, I believe coined after just... The weather in England, it was quite cold and he was wearing quite a tight top. So little hats did feel like a, a fairly fitting name. But of course, uh, wasn't able to get the chocolates on this occasion. And Ash Barty, we are of course singing her praises, the new Wimbledon champion for 2021. Cutters, the other thing we were checking on was bucking Broncos. We were looking at those who've been misbehaving. I just looked up the fact that four players have been fined this year. They are, of course... Nick Kyrgios, no surprises. Dan Evans, no surprises. These bucking Broncos that just wanted to play up to the traditions of Wimbledon. The other on the list, Australian James Duckworth. He was fined $2,500 for racket abuse. So he uh, propped up our bucking horse numbers. James Duckworth, after losing that two and a half grand, I think makes him worth less than a duck now. So he... <laughs> 
with not much prize money to his name, James Duckworthless is, uh, yeah, he's leaving worse for wear. I thought he was actually fined for making up a fake last name, <laughs> uh, which would have been more appropriate. And in that case, how Emma Ranatunga got through their tight web is beyond me. Exactly. Unbelievable. Cutters, that's all from us. And of course, ordinarily, you would not hear from us again until the next Grand Slam, the Us Open later this year. However, this year, the Olympics is upon us and the backhanders will be across that incredible event, an event which will pull together all the world's best players and even have Novak Djokovic aiming to put himself in the race for the Golden Slam and be the first male player to ever do that. So listeners, please jump on Instagram, follow us at The Backhanders, check in on Facebook to see what we're up to in the lead up to this year's 2021 Olympic Tokyo Games. But for now, if your girlfriend is about to win her first ever Wimbledon singles title and you're watching and feeling almost tempted to provide a solitary clap, well, hold on fella, settle down. Crack a tinny, take a breath, and just remember to be bloody quiet, please. <laughs>